0: Brother Terence Hanna, who is a member of our Christian Counseling Center board, will be our MC for this morning. Mr. Hanna,
1: good morning. I'm not here to run wild like the last time. I want to point out one thing, though. If you notice, me and Pastor Arnett are wearing similar colors. I saw the little smiles when I walk in. Um, it just goes to show, great mind. His wife pick his tie, my wife pick my tie. Our connections are our wives, because you know they're sisters, and so we look this way today. <laughs> you know, wives are everything. Amen. Besides, we want to eat. If men, the husbands, you want to eat today, you say, "Amen, amen, <laughs> amen." All right. Today, I just want to um, thank you for an opportunity to be a part of this service. But today, we want to thank the supporters of the Christian Counseling Center. I have been a part of the Christian Counseling Center many moons now. And when I first got involved in it, you know, I really didn't have an appreciation for all that they do. But I want you, the supporters, especially of this church, This fine church, I just want to thank you for your continuous support of this ministry. Despite the economic downturn, which simply suggests that there are more hurting people today than there was in years gone by, your support has been a sustaining force. And we know not taken away from God's grace and his mercy, because without God, obviously we couldn't do anything but with you um, helping us each step of the way. We just want to take this opportunity to thank you. And for those of you who are not a part of it, and you want to find, you, you the Lord has been nudging you in an area of lending support, we want to just put a little plug in here for the Christian Council Center. There are cards. Um, the ushers of cards. Uh, do please get a, a card and make a, a pledge to this ministry. And, I could tell you, you won't not be blessed. God will continue to bless you. But again, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: Shackled by a heavy burden the load of guilt and shame Then the hand of Jesus touched me He touched me And now I am no longer the same He touched me Oh He touched me, and oh, the joy 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 that floods my soul. soul.
3: Something
2: Something happened, happened, and now now I know He touched touched me. Since I met this blessed Savior, and since He's cleansing me whole, I will never cease to praise Him, I'll shout it while eternity Oh
1: And continuing with our service, we have two testimonies that we want to um, have at this time. I want to encourage you to pray for these two persons as they come and give their testimony. Obviously, you know, when I've been here the last time, I said coming up this far or that far is completely nerve-wracking. And so I'm quite certain the two testimonies right now are still shaking, but they really look calm. But they're going to need your prayers as they get up and present because it's not easy and you want to present. And uh, they're going to come and give their presentation. And they'll come in this order Marissa Wright and um, Diane Murray. Marie. Marie, good. Thank you.
3: Good morning, church. My name is Marissa Wright. Um, like you said, I'm very nervous, so <laughs> bear with me. Um, my journey began at the Christian Counseling Center about seven months ago when I experienced a parent's worst nightmare, the tragic loss of a child. For the first time in my life, I did not know what to do. My aunt told me about the center, and I came seeking help. It was a day that I never regretted. The services offered there helped me tremendously in my day to day functioning. After my son's passing, I was on an emotional roller coaster. I was left to pick up the shattered pieces of my life and try to move on without him. One day, a friend told me, Every day I see you, it strengthens my walk with Christ. At that point in time, I couldn't understand what she meant by it. A few days later, while reading the Bible, I came across a scripture in John, in John chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. And it basically was where Jesus came, Jesus and his disciples came across a man who was born blind. And they asked him whether this man had sinned or his parents had sinned for him to be born in such a way. Jesus replied, the man nor his parents had sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. After this, Jesus healed the man and he went about spreading the good word. It was then that I realized what my friend had meant. My mere ability to function normally after such a great loss was a sign or a living testament of what God can do. Now I stand here today to offer this message to those who may be experiencing similar circumstances. Remember, all is never lost, and though you may not feel like it, your existence alone could be offering hope to others. Some things in life are not meant to be as a punishment, but rather so God and God alone can be glorified. Thank you. Good morning, church.
4: My name is Diane Murray Flowers, and it is indeed an honor to stand in your presence and just to share briefly the experience that one can experience in living life. In living life, I mean, the challenges and the storms can be so great. And when uh, Ms. Annette called and asked if I can do this, immediately I said yes. And as soon as I said yes and she hung up the phone, I wanted to say no. <laughs> but I already committed. Um, I didn't prepare any words because I wanted to speak from my heart. Life can be such a challenge. It can be a challenge. It, it doesn't matter how prepared you may have been. I think about my upbringing. My upbringing was based on Christian values. My parents made certain me and my siblings went to church and we did all the things. So the foundation is there. But when trouble hits you, it seems as if your foundation has been shaken. But the good thing about it is when your foundation is built on the solid rock of God it sustains you and that's what sustains me today because I really believe in the God of the Bible I believe like I say to God I believe you open up the Red Sea I believe that God was in the midst of that fire I believe God was with Jonah in the belly of the whale. I really believe. I said, God, I was not there. There's no tangible evidence that I have, but I believe. And today, as I stand and as I continue to go through, I believe that God will deliver. And as I sat there and God said to me many years ago, about four to be exact, He says, give thanks. For your Golgotha and this morning as I began to walk I wanted to tell God thank you for the pain thank you for the challenges thank you for the wind that came into my life my wind first started on my I had a teenage son and they can take you through they seem to forget everything that you would have taught them we say go right he said I'm going left and I'm going hard left But I still stand strong today. It is still a challenge to raise a teenager. But I believe the God who opened up that Red Sea will deliver my son. I believe that. He's 18 years old and it is a challenge. I'm only standing here but by the grace of God. And it's not a cliché. It is a reality that you still have to live in the midst of the storm. And I'm a product that you can live. I have a challenge in my marriage, but I'm still here because he is still God. And I say to him, you're going to have to prove to me that you're not God. But I know that you are the trium God. I know that you are El Elyon. You are the most high God. There is none like you. So the challenge doesn't dictate who God is. Amen. That's where I'm at. No one or no situation is going to dictate the triune God to me because he is God Amen. and because I believe in what I read. And my Bible tells me in Proverbs that if you faint in the day of your adversity, your fate is small. And I say, bah, I refuse to faint. Tear it. your stomach. And because of what I've gone through, I know what it is. And I'll leave you with this. How to live from a second to a minute. From a minute to an hour. From an hour to a day. Because when the phone rings, you don't know what you're going to hear on the other side. You don't know what you're going to face when Monday turns to Tuesday. It's been hard. But I believe God. And he's brought me from then, and I'm here standing before you this morning. God is real. I just want to remind you, God is real. One more time, my God, he is real. To God be the glory.
1: Thank you, ladies. Right now, we're going to hear from Good News.
5: Well, we normally are the Good News Quartet, but as you know, Kenny's in the hospital with quite a bout, and uh, we just ask that you all uh, continue to pray for him, that everything will go well. Uh, We just got through losing Gerald. He moved away, and then along came this handsome young man. (laughs) Uh, Tex Pinder, uh, who's also a banker, and we're so happy to have him with us because he's musically inclined, plays the piano and organ and sings, so uh, we're just happy to have him, and we just pray the Lord will bless these two songs as we sing.
6: When he saved a wretch like me And I know, yes I know Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean And I know, yes I know but can make the vilest sinner clean. To the faint he giveth power. Through the mountains makes way. Findeth water. I know, yes I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean, and I know, yes I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean, in temptation. Holds the powers of hell at bay Guides you to the path of safety Gives you grace for every day And I know, yes I know Blood can make the vilest sinner clean. And I know, yes, I know. Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Blood can make the vilest sinner clean.
5: This next song is a favorite of uh, Sister Eleanor, and um, it's become a favorite of ours, really. Yeah. Just listen to the words, okay? Very, very strong words. And I'd like to dedicate this to Sylvia Roca, too.
6: Pain. Oh, just inside of the place where the lane meets the road, the father was waiting to carry my load. His big arms were open. To draw me to Him. him. Forgiven, 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 forgiven again.
5: If you've broken the trust and betrayed your best friend, If you're lost and confused Wondering where it will end There's a way you can know that Wherever you've been You can make
7: your way home And be forgiven
6: of the place where the lane meets the road. The Father is waiting to carry your load. His big arms are long Forgiven, I'm forgiven forgiven again. Again. His big arms are long.
1: Thank you, man. I'm going to read two testimonies for you. I'm also going to do something that's going to show my age. I have to take off my glasses to read. (laughs) But we have two other testimonies, and the persons couldn't be here this morning, so they chose to um, write it in so we could um, read it before you, and, and I hope you'll be blessed by it. Good morning, Church. I was asked by Pastor Arnett to share my personal testimony about how the Christian Counseling Center helped me through communicating with my family. Unfortunately, I'm unable to attend this morning's service, but would like to share my testimony through this note. I would like to say a special thanks to thank you to Pastor Arnett, who has and still is a support to me through this Christian Counseling Center. Today I give thank, I give God thanks and praise for the Christian Counseling Center. Triple C has truly encouraged me to continue to trust God with all my heart, no matter how things look all around me. I never thought the day would come when I would need, be in need of a counsel, of counseling. But as the old wives tale says, as long as you are not dead, you have not passed anything. Most people believe that counseling is for people who are crazy, going crazy, or just don't know, just do not have someone to talk to. Being educated about counseling, I have learned that it is for all human beings. Counseling is a safe haven for persons who just want to talk to someone that will keep their information confidential. Furthermore, counseling is for people who may who may find themselves struggling with overwhelming situations in their lives. Most of the time, some people don't realize that there is a need for a professional therapist. But these therapists are trained. I would like to say that they are ordained by God to help coach people back to the fulfilled life that God has purposed for them. There were many days, weeks, months, and years that went by since my family and I communicated. I was broken, hurt, angry, sad, and I got to the point where fear started to overwhelm me. A dear friend recommended me to go and visit the Christian Counseling Center. One day, the weight became so unbearable that I called Triple C, and a soft voice answered the phone and scheduled an appointment for me. It was the beginning of my healing process. I met Pastor Arnett for the first time, and I felt a spirit of compassion and peace that exude from him. Two things that impacted me most that Pastor Anna shared really helped me. I am the one God placed in my family to bring together unity. I am the catalyst that God wants to use. And number two, he drew a triangle. At the top of the triangle was God and to the right of the triangle was me and to the left was my family. He said in order for my vertical communication with God to be in right standing, my horizontal communication with my family must be in right standing first. Pastor Annette reminded me about the word of God in John 1, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. How can we love God whom we have not seen, but hate our brothers and sisters who we see? This scripture calls me to stop and take a look within myself. Love. Yes, I love God and even my family, but the hurt and pain for family challenges was suppressing the love that was inside of me. Pastor Anand also told me to allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct me. After several sessions, I just began obey I I just became obedient to the Holy Spirit guidance. And I realized the spirit of forgiveness into and I released the spirit of forgiveness into the atmosphere. One day, it just happened the holy spirit prompted me to call my family and make peace i did as the holy spirit commanded and seek their forgiveness and i forgive them i told them that i was never i had never stopped loving them and likewise they said the same to me now my family and i are communicating daily not only with not only sorry daily not only that we are frequently out to dinner. In fact, we just attended uh, 2013 Carifta Games together. God did it for me, and he will do it for you. To God be the glory, great things he has done, and he will continue to do it in the lives of his children. Amen. A Clyde of Christian Counseling Center. The second one. This is a premarital counseling session with Pastor Arne. Going into the session with Pastor Arnett, we realized we didn't have any specific expectation of what we would get out of the experience. We went in with open minds to gain as much as we could to help us sustain a fruitful and lasting marriage. We had already done a marriage counseling session with another denomination. So we thought it was really going to be a repeat of what we heard before. And we had it all together. We were so wrong. The first session was interesting. We got to know Pastor Arnett, and he got to know us as a couple. He listened to us. We met and grew to love each other, how we met and grew to love each other during our five years of dating. We listened to how he and Mrs. Arnett sustained a loving marriage. Then he dropped the bomb on us, stating that we would, we would be taking a compatibility inventory, we were indeed nervous and unsure about the inventory, but we trusted Pastor on it and prayed that it would give us some insight into the areas we needed to fix before we got married. So we took the inventory, and, the, at the, and at the next session, we found out that most of the areas we thought we needed help with, we got good marks. Then there were other areas of the inventory that forced us to face certain discussions. That we thought were a big factor. We argued and disagreed about most of the things that were said, but Pastor Arnold gave us a tip and tool to help us when we get into various arguments. The first tip that he gave us were weekly we are we ought to pray together, for it is without prayer. In a marriage, how would it make it? Also, we liked the one that required a certain amount of time for ourselves. One hour a day after we got home from work, we unwind, then dealt with any issues or concern we had that day. I, I could have used that a couple of years ago, like like 20, 20 years ago. We must say that even though we scored higher on our communication sessions, we found that it has improved since the session. We do tell everyone we meet, it is because of the premarital counseling session that we are able to have arguments and still be able to smile moments afterward. Hallelujah. We have, been, we have given his name and number out to a lot of young couples around us that, that are either married or getting married to gain the same ex- experience that we had. We are grateful. I would like to thank him. We got married January 5, 2013, and April 5, 2013, made three months of happiness a hey, glory. It is not going to be easy, and it hasn't. However, we love learning new things about each other, and using the tips and tools that we gained during this, our sessions. Looking forward to our six months. Of marriage, following up with him. Thank you, and we encourage all engaged couples to go through the program. Yours truly, Jamel and Kristen Pinder. Amen. <clears throat> Coming right now, Pastor Annette is going to come and give a testimony.
0: Good morning again. My life was full of fear. But God has a sense of humor. Even in classes, as I was in school, if I was called upon to say anything after the third word, I go. I couldn't speak. But believe it or not, after I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I was given an invitation to give my testimony to five or six thousand people from around the world. Would you not say that? Someone with a Sense of humor, as afraid as I used to be, standing up to say anything. God changed me. Our theme for this morning is, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Do your sins be like scarlet they shall be as white as snow. Though they, be, though they are red as crimson, they shall be as wool. I want to thank the good news this morning. You shocked me, because as far as I was concerned, you all wouldn't be here. I just, I told pastor, I don't know, They wouldn't be here this morning. Kenny is lying down in the hospital and supposed to go through surgery today. I got the impression that Steve and Eleanor was going to sing. But I thank you for taking the time out this morning and remember that you still had four with you. God was there in the spirit. And I want to thank you all for that. About... Four weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, we, uh, four weeks, they ministered to me for two days in Marsh Harbor. And I just want to thank you for listening to the Holy Spirit and honoring him. Continue to serve him by singing praises to him. Thank you, good news. I thank God for the mercy seat. In the Old Testament, the priests or high priests could only enter the Holy of Holies once a year. But aren't you glad this morning that we could come to him anywhere, anytime, Because if that was not the case, I would not have been standing here this morning. My life as a child, I must say that I attended church regularly. But I didn't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I went to church because I had no other choice. I had to go to church. My dad was a preacher. So I had to go to church. Um, It's not like today where the child say I'm not going, so he doesn't go. I, I just had to go to church because I lived in his home. He even got to the point where he tried to persuade me to be baptized. Now. I didn't know very much about the word of God but I knew that I was a sinner and I knew that I was not born again into the family of God and he could that was the one thing he could not get me to do because when he said be the church to be baptized today I either got sick or I went somewhere because I just couldn't do it During my teenagers Yes, I became frustrated. Matter of fact, somewhat confused. And my confusion was about believers. Because I saw so many of my friends at work who claimed to be born again. Going to the same bar, drinking the same alcohol, and doing the same things I was doing. And believe it or not, I said to myself, if that's what Christianity is all about, I don't need it. I'm not that bad off. But that was not what broke the camel's back for me. It was my own dad, who was a preacher. Had his own church. Matter of fact. I believe the reason why he got his own church. Because he was preaching in many other churches. He was doing his own thing. And I knew what he was doing. Was ungodly. And I heard of many. Situations. With pastors. And I was totally. Turned off. From. Christianity so to speak. But my world began to be turned upside down. All those around me thought I was the happiest young man in the community. No matter what, what I did, was I put on a mask and I pretended to be okay. I want to say to you this morning I was one of the most unhappy, lonely, empty person around. I had things I could purchase anything practically I wanted. But may I say to you this morning, things cannot fulfill that void that only Jesus Christ can fill. I was under conviction. And... I was going to E.T. just up the street here. Pastor Earl Rich was pastor at the time. And this is why uh, Pastor Russell got up here the last time he was here and said I had backslidden, but believe it or not, I didn't backslide, I wasn't saved. I went forward after that stirring message Pastor Rich preached about salvation. But I had a problem. My problem was, I realized that I needed to be saved. And I couldn't save myself. I was afraid of three things in my life. Dying, because if I died, I knew I'd go to hell and I didn't want to go to hell. I was catching enough hell here. I don't want any more of that. I was afraid of flying, because when I'm in a plane, I am out of control. I can't even get in the cockpit. If something happened, I didn't. I wouldn't know what to do, but I couldn't even get in. So I knew that if I fell 35,000 feet from up there, I was dead. So I was fearful. But there was another fear. The third fear was, believe it or not, marriage. I was afraid of marriage. Why? Because I didn't trust anyone. No one, not even my dad. I trusted no one. But you know why I was afraid of marriage? Because of these few words. Until death do us part. You see the connection? It's amazing, but that was the fear. Until death do us part. I couldn't see myself spending the rest of my life with no one woman. I couldn't see it. So, they were my three fears. I remember as I went down to the altar that morning, saying, Lord, I cannot save myself. I need you to save me. Please, save me. I know I'm a sinner, and I need you to save me. But there is a little area in my life. Don't touch it. I could control these things, so hands off. I can handle it. But you just saved me. I walked away from there, feeling kind of good about myself. I was able to go down. But believe it or not, within a few weeks, I was right back to where I left off, doing the same things I used to do. And as I said, I wasn't saved. God did not save me that morning because we cannot give a part of our lives to God and hold back. It's either laying all on the altar, or nothing at all. So I know that I wasn't saved. Some 12 years later, I was sent to Marsh Harbor, Abaco, to to restore services, services to the Telecommunications Corporation on Friday, January 3rd, 1975. With the hollow holiday spirit still in my bones, I didn't want to go. But of course, I love what I did, and I felt good when I went out and was able to make other people happy. And believe it or not, you think you like cellular phones now. Those people, when they had no service at all, they wanted service. So that made me feel very good about myself when I was able to go there and get that going again. I was invited. I lived at a hotel called Union Jackal Hotel. Some small little uh, wooden buildings, several of them, right just about 200 yards from the one light in Marsh Harbor. And the man who invited me to dinner was also in charge of the hotel, Roger Sweeting. You all most of you probably know of Roger, Roger Sweeting. He saw how frustrated I was. And he invited me to dinner. And he gave me, well, before he gave me this book, he started telling me that I needed salvation. And I told him, because I figured, well, no big deal, I finish eating your dinner, so I, I could go back and I could continue. I said, Mr. Sweding, let me tell you something. I am disappointed in my dad, who was a preacher, and I, if I knew you were a preacher, I wouldn't come to dinner. But I'm here, and let me tell you how it is. I don't trust pastors because they are hypocrites. And I guess he gave up on that, and he gave me a book to read by Nikki Cruz called Run, Baby, Run. Some of you might have read that. Well, when I began to read the book, I became more frustrated. Of course, I didn't sleep the night before because I didn't carry any sleeping pills. And the only way I can sleep was sleeping pills or two or three Guinness. (laughs) I went to the hotel and uh, I began to read the book. I threw it on the floor somewhere and I said, This isn't helping me. And just then I saw a Gideon Bible on the nightstand. And let me say this before I continue. Don't do this. It's ignorant, it's stupid, but God put up with even stupid people like myself. I challenge God. I said, if there is a God, I want you to convict me of my sins. I didn't trust myself either. So I shut off the light and I took the Gideon Bible and I turned it upside down so I didn't know the front from the back and then I opened it in the dark. I said, now you convict me of my sin if you are God. This chapter was the story Of my life. And I want us to read it, not the whole chapter, but 14 verses together. I think it's going to come up on the screen right now. But these words jump, seemingly jumped out at me. Matthew chapter 7 verse 1. Do not judge. you very much. I stopped there but there is much more in that chapter. Believe me that spoke to my life. And the reason why I say you don't test God. What if I had to open to another chapter like Matthew chapter 27 verse 5 that says so Judas threw the money on in the temple and left and went away and hung himself. I could have turned to that chapter, but God's grace is sufficient. And he knew I was really seeking him. And as a result, I am standing here that night, I fell on my knees, and I asked God to change my life. I remember, I really don't know, you you, you don't know how much weight you carry around with you as an unsaved person until you are really forgiven. I remember getting back in the bed, and it was as if I was floating I took my hand and tried to put it between my back and the bed, but I couldn't get it between, so I know I wasn't floating. It was like 150 pounds lifted off me. I went to sleep. I don't know when I went to sleep, but when I woke up, I was praising the Lord. I end up jumping in. I didn't even get ready, didn't clean up anything. I just jumped in my pants. I ran to Roger Sweeting ask him for forgiveness and we went into the chapel because he lived behind the chapel right at the light and we were able to come out and prayed together I came back to Nassau went to several individuals who I was very involved with told them what God had done in my life and he took me over from then to now God has used me in spite of who I was. As a result, I went to Bible school for three years. I left Patelco with only three more years before I Got pension, so I ended up leaving without a pension to come on here to be assistant to the pastor. I have no regrets. God blessed me with a wonderful, loving, caring wife in the name of Helen Arnett. Three children. Deborah, Frederick II, and Matthew. I don't know how long the Lord is going to leave me to continue with my testimony. I just gave you a tip of the iceberg of my testimony, by the way. But time is gone. Continue to pray for us that we will continue to help hurting people. God bless you.
7: Good morning, church.
0: Okay, Uh, we're going to try to make this brief. I know our time is just about gone, but we want to share a little bit to you about learning how to resolve hidden expectations in your relationship, which is called, If You Really Love Me. When we get married, there are three hopes and there are three fears. Remember I had three fears? Okay. There are three hopes and three fears. The hopes are all the good things I ever wanted in my life, I will find with you. All the good things I had, I'll keep. All the upsetting, unhappy things that happened to me before, goodbye. It will not happen with you. And right on the heel of the three hopes comes the three fears. The good things I hope for are not or will not happen with you. Thanks be to God that's not so. All the good things I had, I am losing, thanks be to God, That's not so. The upsetting, unhappy things that happened to me before, thanks be to God, he is in control, are not happening again with you,
8: my wife. Uh, An attitude is an emotionally laden belief. If you were what you should be, if you love me, then you will live up to my expectation. Sorry. <laughs> if I were what I should be, then I'll be your everything always. You are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. If I tell you how I feel, you interrupt, you judge me, you correct, give me advice. And most of the times, I feel dismissed or isolated. Will you forgive me? I will. Thank you. (laughs) I feel betrayed, angry, frustrated, and I won't tell you. And a lot of times, I feel a big distance. What do you have to say about that?
0: I will learn from that. Very good. Whenever you get to that point, then you know that you are having problems with your communication. If I tell you how I feel, you you are angry. If I don't tell you how I feel, you are angry. If I tell you how how angry I am with you, you distance yourself from me. If I don't tell you how angry I am, I distance myself
8: from you. We have real problems. We have a problem. Houston, we
0: have a problem.
8: Okay, these are the keys. Goodwill and desire for the relationship to win. We must collaborate, cooperate, rather than competition. A belief that our partner, as well as ourselves can and wish to learn to grow. And this growth is really important. An openness to feedback and a willingness to use it positively. You're not trying to destroy me. As information that can help the relationship rather than defensively and with anger. A capacity to listen and to listen actively with empathy, Also being very sensitive.
0: That's the learning process.
8: A willingness to risk saying what is wanted and needed and don't mind read. And a choice not to attack each other personally. And I'm also responsible for myself, self-management, reflective thinking, looking inside, getting in touch. And for one style of speaking so as to be best, heard, understood, and considered, and for seeking workable solutions. And then we have steps to lasting change. And if we're going to really walk up these steps, you have to show, know what you can change, develop knowledge and skill, change it, sustain the change, and also sustain it in the stress of life. When you have the tsunami, the hurricane, like Mrs. Flowers mentioned, you have to know how to handle it. And in therapy, we use the onion. We call it peeling the onion. There are layers in our lives that we sometimes don't want to get in touch with. So, peeling this could be painful, but we try to do it gently. And it exposes these layers where we get self-aware and get to know who I really am. And we want to know who I really am so I can work on my issues. So this morning, we want to encourage you whether you're in a marriage or it's a situation with your job or interpersonal relationships just going on, what's going through the church at this moment, you want to start stripping the layers of your life before God and say, examine me, not the neighbor, but examine me like the psalmist say, search me, O God, know my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way. Because the unexamined life like Socrates says, it's not worth living. We're just going through and we're just flamming it. So let's just ask God to help us layer by layer, strip it like this onion, get the phony layers off, and let the Holy Spirit work in us to make us to be more like the Lord Jesus. And this is what I really want to leave with you. Work on yourself. Peel the onion. I would like
0: you to participate at this time. This is an autobiography in five short chapters. They are very short. I'd like you to read it so that you will remember at least some of what is said. Let's read it together.
8: I walk down the street, there's a old the sidewalk. I fall in. I am, I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to finally get out. I walk, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe it in the same place. But it isn't my fault. It will take a long time to get out. I walk down the street. There's a... I walk down the street, there is a deep hole in the sidewalk, I see it is there, I still fall in, it's It's a habit, but my eyes open, I know where I am, it is my fault, I get out of me.
0: We need then to remember to take responsibility for our own actions. The only person you can change is yourself. And until you take responsibility, you'll continue to fall in that same hole. Thank you very much for giving us
3: the opportunity to share.
1: We have come to the end. Let's look to the Lord in prayer now. Thank him for this service today. Our Father God, we thank you again for this day. Lord Jesus, we praise your name, for you are indeed worthy to be praised. Lord, we thank you so much again for the testimonies. For again, Lord, whether we want to believe it not, every time our faces look happy. Are we happy? For we are at times carrying things that only you want to know. We thank you again for your love and your kindness, especially to our persons who testify today. May you give them the strength, the encouragement. May your grace sustain them from this day forward. But Lord, there are many in this church today that call your name around this land, that are experiencing um, issues and challenges that we cannot fathom. But we know your Holy Spirit is there, and may they cast their care on him, for he indeed cares for them. We thank you for this church, and Lord, what this church stands for. May Calvary Bible Church remember that The word has said, if we stand on the word, you will draw men to yourself. May they be a light. May they continue to be the light that you have called this place to be. May their one and only purpose is to serve you. Again, we thank you for all that has happened in this day. We thank you for each person here as we are about to leave. May you keep us safe. And may each moment of every day we glorify your name. For it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen.